0: My Seven Chakras, episode 143. Love
1: is an ever fixed mark that looks on tempests and is never shaken. The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy,
0: positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And
1: could these chocolates help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to my seven chocolates, and now your
2: host, Aditya Jai Kumar. Kumar. What's up Action Tribe, AJ here, founder and host of My 7 Chakras, the show where we dive deep into the mysteries of the ancient world, validate them with the power of science and present all of those ideas to you in a way that allows you to take action. And because we focus so much on the power of taking action, we encourage you not to be too hard on yourself when you don't see success immediately. Failure is not an end state, it is only feedback, feedback that will help you grow and thrive. Action Tribe, here in Vancouver, BC, we are experiencing a change in season where moving from the warm sunshine to clouds and rain so my question to you today is what is your favorite season of the year and why do you like the summer because of the sunshine do you prefer rains because of the life-giving water and greenery all around or do you prefer winter because you just love the snow whatever your answer is shoot a quick email to me at aj at my7chakras.com that's aj at my7chakras.com and let me know what is your favorite season of the year and let's connect and moving on we are now ready to welcome our featured guest for today Shelly east hope so Shelly, are you ready to inspire i sure am awesome so Shelly east hope has always been interested in health and life and that which connects us all. Shelley's early work was as a child and family counsellor. Discovering Shiatsu and Reiki led to a 30-year practice which is still evolving and inspiring. So Shelley, it's really amazing to have you on the show. For the benefit of our listeners, why don't you take about a minute and tell us a bit more about your interesting life so far.
1: About my interesting life. Well, (laughs) (laughs) I grew up in the Vancouver BC area and then Um, traveled quite a bit and Uh, lived in South Africa for a time and returned to Vancouver where I began that's where I discovered Reiki and Shiatsu because when I returned I was having challenges myself Mm -hmm. physical health challenges and uh, discovering Shiatsu and Reiki gave me an opportunity to um, toward health myself Mm -hmm. and really changed the course of my life so that rather than going into medicine as I had earlier planned I or going into Western medicine, I should say, I chose Eastern medicine and have been practicing since then. And that took me to move to a small island, Pender Island, Mm -hmm. where I live in a community of just 2,400 people and have been practicing for here in this community for about 25
2: years. That's wonderful. You know, the funny thing is, uh, I live in Vancouver mainland, (laughs) and I've never been to the island. And that's one of my goals to visit the island because I It's so beautiful and it's so diverse, right? There are so many different islands and the island itself is so huge, much bigger than Vancouver mainland, I'd imagine. Yes. And so Pender Island, is it on the east or on the west side of Vancouver Island?
1: It's in between Vancouver and Victoria. It's very south. So we get lots of sunshine and it is right in between. Mm -hmm. So it's accessible from both Victoria and Vancouver.
2: That's wonderful. I might just turn up at your doorstep for a Reiki training session then. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So the first few minutes of every episode are dedicated to some magical inspiration so that whether we are lost in our thoughts about yesterday or dreaming about the near future, we safely arrive to the here and now. So are you ready? I am. What is your favorite inspirational quote? And also tell us how you apply this quote in your life.
1: My favorite inspirational quote is from Shakespeare from Sonnet 116. And it's just this is just part of that a small part of that sonnet. Love is an ever fixed mark that looks on tempests and is never shaken so what that talks about to me is our the center in our body the the center in our lower abdomen which we can also call one point the point that we can use to be calm to be focused and yet to be very open to the world so it, it speaks to that state of complete calm complete rest and yet openness and In that way, being energized.
2: Wonderful. So love is an ever fixed mark that looks on tempests, but is never shaken. I think this is an amazing quote. I've not heard this quote so far, and I think it's really beautiful. Action Tribe, you are love. You might go through tempests, storms or hurricanes, but as Sherry mentioned, you are never shaken. So thanks a lot for inspiring us. And with that, let's dive in. Sherry, what exactly is the Yosui system of Reiki healing?
1: It's a very simple system that came from Japan and is taught through direct contact with a teacher. It's a, a system that's been passed down through many masters. And so in direct contact with a teacher, you learn how to place your hands and allow the energy of the universe to flow through you and energize another person or thing or place. <laughs> so it's it's the laying on of hands, but it's done in a fairly systematic way.
2: Wonderful. So for someone who's completely new to the space, what is key or the energy of life that you speak about?
1: Well, probably the best way I can answer that question is when we talk about Reiki, it's made, the word itself is composed of two characters, rei and ki. Sure. And ki is the one that you're asking about. Now, ki has different translations for us in the West It can be translated as energy, just plain energy, like sort of like electricity, but a more generic form of that, or as breath as well. Another translation for it is breath. And breath is what energizes our body. And the ray portion of the the Ray character can be translated as universal, or it can be translated as spirit, because what connects us universally is spirit. So I actually like to translate the word reiki as breath of the spirit. And that gives you a better sense of this energy we call ki. It's the energy that flows through spirit, I would say. It's what moves and connects all of us. And not just all of us as people, but our whole
2: world. So I really love your explanation. You spoke about ki and its meaning in different parts of the world. In the West versus the East, you spoke about ki. That means energy. It could also mean the breath. But then you explained that the breath actually energizes us. And you spoke about the meaning of re, which means universal or spirit. And when you bring those two together, reiki would mean the breath of spirit that surrounds us. So I love your explanation. For someone who's new to Reiki, could you give us an overview of some of the benefits of Yusui Reiki?
1: Yes. um, Yusui Reiki, uh, first of all, is very relaxing in general. So one of the things people first notice when they receive a Reiki treatment would be uh, perhaps that they breathe more deeply, that the pitch of their voice might drop. And very often they get a much better sleep it also can reduce pain and just create more ease in life so that's that's the general sensation um, when the hands are placed during a Reiki treatment people often feel a sensation of warmth and that warmth is part of what creates this relaxation and the warmth is an indication of that energy flowing
2: wonderful I really love the warmth and the tingly feeling that you get when somebody's treating you for Reiki. Mm -hmm. And it's a different feeling altogether. So completely resonate with that. Now, based on what I understand, I, I had a look at your website, a person interested in learning Yusui Reiki would have to go through a process. As you mentioned earlier, it's a systematic process that involves three stages or three degrees. Could you give us a brief overview of what happens during each stage?
1: I generally refer to this as first-degree Reiki, second-degree Reiki, and master training or third-degree. In first-degree Reiki, I usually teach it in a weekend class. Traditionally, it would be done in four sessions, but I do two of the sessions on on a Saturday usually so that we can have a class from Friday evening till Sunday. And during that first-degree class, the history of Reiki is shared. Um, It's very important that there be a... um, a connection of the the student and the teacher so that the words the words of the master or the teacher are drawn out by the students who are present so this connection is important and so the teacher talks about the history of reiki that it was founded you know in japan and goes through the whole story and then does four different initiations for the for each student and these initiations are very simple uh, healing events, and one is done on the Friday evening. Two were done on the Saturday, and then a final one on the Sunday. Besides those, and those initiations empower the energy to flow. As I said, they're healing events, so they they align the energy in the person's body so that they can receive this energy and pass it on more readily. As well, in that first degree, what we call the foundation treatment is taught. And the foundation treatment is a systematic way to treat all the essential organs of a person. So going from the head through the, bo- the torso, front and back, um, you're taught hand positions and what organs that will affect and how to use that treatment. Then as well, you're taught how to use Reiki in emergency situations, Mm -hmm. the best places to put hands for emergencies, and also um, how to use it for things like treating your pets or treating plants or seeds that you're going to plant or food that you're preparing, that kind of thing. So a lot of this is done through the stories that the the teacher shares. So a teacher that has had lots of experience with um, using Reiki will have many short stories and a rich class with their students. Then second degree is done usually over maybe three days, but in shorter classes. In second degree, I teach symbols that that enrich the treatment. And so these symbols are used as a way to connect with the energy, to focus the energy, and um, you can use them to do specifically a mental clearing or to send distant treatment. So second degree is often done when someone would like to you know give reiki to their perhaps their parents who live far away and they they're not there to see them so they learn second degree and are able to send reiki to a person so distant treatment is important and it just is a much deeper commitment to the practice so it's it recommended that a person wait at least six months and practice on themselves and on others before taking second degree. Because the initiation is just the beginning of the journey and each level opens up new experiences. But those experiences you have by actually doing the treatment and you actually learn from doing the treatment, not just from me
2: (laughs) or from the master. (laughs) Through practice.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And then third degree or the master initiation, it's in our system, it's only for people who really want to teach Reiki, who really feel called to teach. So it's a large step, and it's something uh, that changes one's life completely. Certainly, it changed mine. <laughs> and and it, it often changes it in a way that you don't expect. And so the master initiation uh, is sort of a journey between whatever master you choose and yourself. And um, it usually takes a minimum of a year to work with that master. Usually you do, you set up some classes for another master and you sit in on classes and learn to teach that way, sort of like an apprenticeship. And when you're, you feel ready and when the master feels you're ready, then you'll be initiated with one initiation into the master's level
2: of teaching. That is amazing. Thanks a lot for this wonderful explanation. And it seems, as you mentioned at the start, it's really systematic and it flows so well into one another. The first degree, like you mentioned, it's the roots and the foundations, the history of Reiki. To establish the context, you establish that connection between the student and the teacher. And I'm a Buddhist, so I know that there's a strong relationship between the mentor and disciple. You have four initiations during that period, four healing events, and you really teach your students the foundations, how to heal all the organs of the body, and how to treat your pets, treat your plants, treat the food that you're making. So it's not just treating human beings, but it's all around us, the sentient beings around us. And then when you move on to the second degree action tribe, usually about three days, you Get to learn the symbols of Reiki and how to connect with the energy at a deeper level, and how to connect with the energy at a deeper level. And then finally, what if you have friends and family, parents across the world? We live in a global village (laughs) these days where you might be in Australia and you have some loved one in Canada. So you learn distant treatment. And finally, if it is your calling, if you feel called to you know, become a Reiki teacher to spread the word and the love of Reiki around the world. And you get into the master initiation, which is like an apprenticeship, takes a minimum of one year, but that is completely next level stuff. So thanks a lot for this uh, wonderful explanation. You're welcome. One quick question, just out of curiosity, why would a plant need healing? Or in other words, what type of healing could you pass on to plants?
1: Well, my experience in my own garden is that sometimes there will be a plant, say, that's suffering from some infestation, say, um, some bug that's eating it. And often the reason for that is that something is missing. So... Often when people see some bug or something, they'll want to just spray it with something or, you know, get rid of that bug. Yeah. But there's another way to do it. And doing Reiki sometimes can supply the plant with what is needed to make it stronger. And then the bugs don't attack it. So it helps to balance the plant. So you would apply the Reiki to the around the leaves or even around the roots on the soil. Sometimes while I'm doing that, it occurs to me what you know, oh, this plant is too damp, or oh, this plant is needing more water or less water. And so in in applying the Reiki, sometimes that understanding just comes to us. As well, just applying the Reiki sometimes is enough to give the plant what it needs, give it the energetic nourishment, then the bugs no longer attack it. Because bugs tend to attack things that are stressed, things that are weak.
2: Mm -hmm. Wonderful. I love this explanation. Now, you also spoke about a Reiki initiation. So could you speak a bit about the importance of the Reiki initiation and what really happens during this process?
1: Well, the Reiki initiation is done, um, the individual who is having the initiation is seated and the master stands in front of them and then moves around them, does some simple movements that adjust the the energy flow in the individual's body. So, um, some people experience um, hearing sounds, or having strong emotion come over them, or seeing colors. Or there's there's every kind of response. To this initiation and some people in fact many people really feel nothing at all at the time of the initiation sure. but then they're asked to go and put their hands on someone and usually they can feel the warmth as the energy comes through their hands after that initiation one thing that often happens after an initiation is often there is a quite profound healing um, sometimes people are aware of it and sometimes they're not I certainly have experienced profound healing after my master's initiation. And it um, began a process that really cleansed my body very deeply and gave me some insight into health challenges that I had had. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm quite clear that each initiation is a profound healing event.
2: Beautiful. Now, you've been practicing for over 30 years now. Over the years, what has been the most inspiring student healing story that you've come across?
1: <laughs> there are so many. I uh, hmm I'm having trouble choosing one
2: here.
1: Um, Why don't I give you a couple of client healing stories?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay. Um, One is uh, a woman came for a treatment because she had broken her ankle. She had a compound fracture and it had all been repaired, but she had severe swelling in her leg and toes and so forth. And so she came in and she had had Reiki treatments before. So she she had me immediately come to her home as soon as she arrived home from the hospital to have Reiki for this severe swelling. When I began the treatment, her leg was swollen and um, beginning to look sort of bruised over the cast, Mm -hmm. both on her feet and at the top of the cast. I did about an hour treatment and treated her whole body not just her leg but certainly focused on her leg and at the end of that hour I could slide my finger in between her leg and her cast so the swelling had gone down so much that it was now comfortable there was no pain she was fine and that break ended up healing so well that she has never had any problems from it even though she still has metal plates and so forth in her leg so the sooner we treated treat, the less uh, additional damage occurs around the site and the more complete the healing. Wonderful. So that's one story. Um, another story, I, I just thought of one from one of my students who treated her mother who Her mother fell and had a very, very injured hip and was bedridden. And so this woman went to visit her mother. She began doing Reiki and she said it was so strong that she just kept doing it. And she kept doing Reiki on her mom's hip for about two hours. And when it was done, when she felt the energy had calmed, her mother was completely pain-free and able to... To walk and so forth again. So I found that dedication remarkable that she would spend that, you know, a full at least two hours uh, mm-hmm. with her hands on her mom. It takes great patience to do that. But the outcome was really remarkable, really wonderful.
2: So just staying on the same story, I think it takes patience as well as faith, right? Faith in your ability to heal or faith in your ability to pass on the healing energy, right?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. I have had students come, who came and were skeptical. Okay. And they still were able to practice. And so the faith develops as you practice. You know, that faith that you will be able to, to do this, that is what develops through placing your hands and seeing the results. Because at the beginning, yeah. it's difficult to, <laughs> to have that faith. But, <laughs> yeah. but that is why the practice is so important and really does teach
2: one. So how did you first encounter Reiki? What's the story behind that?
1: As I grew up, I'd had quite a few experiences of healing by the laying on of hands just in the course of my life, but I had never uh, been able to learn how to do this, and when I returned from South Africa, I was in a bit of an emotional uh, crisis state myself and I had pain just under my rib cage, around the gallbladder area. And, you know, I went to doctors and tried to get help. And the only thing at first that I found helpful was a Qigong move that mm. a physiotherapist taught me. And it seemed to lessen the pain a little bit. But one day at a course I was at, a woman mentioned that she actually pra- She was one of the instructors of the course, and she said, "I practice something called Reiki, and it's healing. It's a Japanese system of healing by the laying on of hands." And I immediately perked up because I thought, "Oh, this—you know—a system. This sounds like something I might be able to learn." And then I went to one of her yoga classes, and she, in the midst of the class, she came over and she laid her hand over the area where I'd been having this pain. I hadn't told her about this pain. She just seemed to sense it and laid her hands there and said that I was taking on a great deal of energy, that it was really remarkable. And after the class, she said, you received so much Reiki. uh, You may have a healing crisis tonight. Just go home, uh, take it easy, go to bed, and um, just be aware that something may happen. So that night, in the middle of the night, I woke up, and that pain that I had been having, I'd only ever had it when I was um, exerting myself, walking or running, something like that. But I woke up with the pain, and it was excruciating. And eventually, I was able to crawl out to the bathroom and then out to get some ginger tea to help to relax my abdomen. And then the pain became less and less, and I went back to sleep. And in the morning, it was gone, and I never had that pain again. I still had tension around there. But I've never experienced that extreme pain again. And so this got me really curious. And the first time I could take a Reiki class, well, first of all, I, I signed up for six treatments. And then the first time I could get to a Reiki class, I took it. And uh, just, I was completely taken by this <laughs> (laughs) It was what I've been looking for. I felt like I'd been looking for it my whole life.
2: That's wonderful. So thanks a lot for sharing your insights and your stories. If someone listening to this episode right now wants to experience key or the life force energy for themselves, is there a simple technique that you can share with us today?
1: There is. There's a key breathing technique that really enhances the energy in, in one's hands. It enhances the key flowing through them. Reiki is all around us, you know, universal life energy or the breath of the spirit is everywhere. And everyone does have that flowing through them. But Mm -hmm. to strengthen it so that they're aware of it, one thing they can do is to place their palms together in front of their face. Okay. So two palms together. This is in the prayer pose. And then gently close the eyes and breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth. And as you do that, imagine the energy coming in through the top of the head, going down, filling the belly and coming up and out through the hands. So just breathing very deeply in through the nose, down into the belly and then send the energy as you breathe out, out through the hands. And as you do that, your hands will become warmer and warmer. And after maybe five minutes of that, take those nice warm hands and place them somewhere on your body, somewhere that needs healing. And it will help to focus that energy and it will give you that sense of what it feels like to receive Reiki.
2: Action Tribe, to access the show notes for this episode, visit my 7 forward slash 143. That's my 7 forward slash 143. In the confrontation between the stream and the rock, the stream always wins. Not by strength, but by perseverance. This is an amazing quote by Jackson Brown. Action takers, this is such a powerful quote because number one, nature can teach us so many lessons if we just take some time to stay still and return to the here and now. Nature teaches us if you don't succeed at your first attempt at your new journey, a new project, a new practice, don't quit. Instead, use what you've learned to try again and then learn something new and then try again. As long as you're learning something new about yourself and your environment with every single attempt, failure is not a bad thing, either. After all, obstacles are good for you because in the end, success is inevitable. And speaking about obstacles, Shelley, let's go back to a moment when you faced a major challenge or an obstacle. What was the experience like and then how did you come out of it?
1: Well, um, the major obstacle that I've described in my introduction to Reiki was uh, this pain that I had and that um, with the application of Reiki, the pain was lessened and after that, I came out of it with a new understanding uh, of a way to treat myself because I, I found Reiki through this pain. And I realized that, that having this pain was actually a gift in my life because it opened up a whole new world and actually changed my whole, whole life understanding. So over and over again, I've, I've continued down that path because even though that particular pain was healed, there's always many layers of healing to do. And each time I come to a place where there is pain or struggle or um, difficulty, I apply Reiki and then I come to a new understanding or a new way of seeing what is happening and a much deeper healing and So I'm strengthened in my ability to welcome difficulty, to welcome the challenges, because they're really there to to guide us towards greater health, greater well-being, greater happiness. And I would say that that's been my experience over and over again.
2: Mm -hmm. And as you look back in just one sentence, what is that one major life lesson that you'd like to impart to our listeners?
1: My one major life lesson. Relax and take a deep breath. (laughs) My mom used to say that to me when I was very little. She would say, just relax, take a deep breath. And um, I think that that's been the most useful advice I've had. It's what I continue to learn. Relax, take a deep breath.
2: So thanks a lot for sharing your priceless experiences with us. Starting right from the top, you shared that the main obstacle, the major obstacle that in your life was the physical pain that you were experiencing, which you had been experiencing even in childhood. And you came across Reiki, you tried it out and you came out of it with a new experience to heal yourself. You went through it, you didn't go around it. The pain in a way was your path to healing yourself and then in the process others as well. That pain allowed yourself to reach a new level of understanding. And uh, you also mentioned that pain in itself is not, you know, you do something and it disappears, but there are different levels of healing that you need to go through and that you did. I think that's really, really inspiring and it uh, reminds us and re-emphasizes in our minds the importance of an obstacle or pain in our Pursuit of our ultimate calling or our vision. Action Tribe, what you are doing right now is not easy. I know that you have challenges in your life. I know that you have faced obstacles of all shapes and sizes, and yet you move on, and yet you choose to listen to our show, and yet you choose to walk step by step towards your vision. So I admire your courage. But sometimes things get hard and you reach a standstill. In such a moment, don't feel dejected. Instead, look at this as a time to regenerate your energy and get inspired by your circumstances. Look around in nature. As we've been learning today, you can heal your plants, the trees around you, look around in nature because the universe is always sending you signals that will help you find your way. And Albert Einstein knew that very well because he once said, look deep into nature and then you will understand everything better. So Shelley, what is your life's calling at this point in time?
1: My life's calling is to continue to explore the ways we're connected because Reiki is about connection too. It's about connection to others to the world that we live in and my calling is to be connected to be deeply connected and um, to be as open as I can to life energy and to help others find that
2: connection that's inspiring and as you look back at your life what is it one defining moment that changed your life beyond which your life wasn't the same again Take us to that moment.
1: Oh, I do believe that every moment is a defining moment. But I can remember when I was a very young child, I was hospitalized. I had meningitis and they didn't know if I would live. So I was put in the hospital. Uh, There were no medications that would help. There was only, um, only hydration was the only thing they could do for me that would help. And so I remember being told that people were praying for me and having um, suddenly an insight or a um, feeling that I needed to stay because I had a whole community of people who loved me. And I remember choosing to stay, choosing to live. And That was a very defining moment because, you know, it it held in it that life calling of connection, of needing uh, to explore our connection and needing to help other people experience that connection because that is why we're here, I believe.
2: So thanks a lot for sharing that moment with us. And with that, we have arrived at the wisdom round. The objective of this round is simple, actionable insights to take massive action. So to start with, what is the best advice that you've ever received?
1: The best advice I've ever received came from one of my clients. And uh, she had been told, remain curious. And I apply that advice all the time. Remain curious means to stay open and to stay alive. When we shut down our curiosity, we're no longer open to possibilities. And so it was, a, it was really wonderful advice and simple advice. <laughs> remain curious.
2: Name a personal habit that you'd like to recommend for our listeners.
1: A personal habit? Well, for me, it's practicing Reiki every day, placing my hands on myself every day and giving myself treatment.
2: Beautiful. So, what is your morning ritual like? Or do you even have a morning routine?
1: I do have a morning routine, and it starts with doing Reiki on myself before I even get out of bed in the morning. And I'll do 20 minutes to an hour of Reiki. Sometimes I fall asleep a little bit while I'm doing it, but I try to wake up early enough that I can give myself a treatment before I get out of bed. And it sets the tone for the day. Then I make coffee for myself and my husband, and we have coffee in bed. And it may not sound like a very healthful activity, but it gives us an opportunity to connect before our minds are cluttered with the day. Uh, the f- the first thing in the morning, uh, we have great clarity after we've been sleeping and have been connected universally during sleep, you know, to our unconscious has been accessing a lot of information. So often as we have our coffee and chat, something important will come out. And so that's an important part of the routine. And then after that, I go and do some stretches. And I do something called five element stretches, which come from my Shiatsu training. And I also add in different yoga poses depending on what the needs are. Because as I do the five element stretches, I can tell where I might need a little more stretching that day. And so... That's generally my whole morning routine, and then I have to rush and get ready for work.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So what is that one book that you'd like to recommend for our listeners?
1: The most recent book that I have read that is very fascinating is called The Spark in the Machine. And it is written by Dr. Daniel. I, I believe the last name is pronounced Kown, K-E-O-W-N. The Spark in the Machine, um, the subtitle is How the Science of Acupuncture Explains the Mysteries of Western Medicine. And this is a man who has great background in, in both Eastern and Western medicine. So, And he, he has some great insight into how energy flows through the body. Um, so for people who are really, really, Really interested in the nitty gritty of the way energy moves through the body and the way it works. Uh, This is a wonderful, wonderful book. And for people who have a very analytical mind but want to understand Reiki or Shiatsu or any of these energetic disciplines, I would highly recommend *The Spark in the Machine*.
2: Action tribe to access today's show notes. Visit mysevenchakras.com forward slash one four three. That's mysevenchakras.com forward slash one 4.3 Four, three, and we are just 7 episodes from 150 so this is definitely a milestone thanks a lot Shelly for joining us today it was such a phenomenal Experience Before you go, tell us one thing that you are grateful for and tell us the best way we can find you online.
1: One thing I'm very grateful for today is that my computer is functioning well so that I can <laughs> so that I could do this interview as we've had some struggles. And mm. um, I was grateful that I was able to be calm, apply Reiki and make this all work so that I could meet you in this way. And great. you can access more information about me through my website, which is www.shellyestope.com. That's S H E L L E Y E A S T H O P E.
2: So there you go, Action Tribe. Today, we've covered so many different. Aspects of Reiki and of energy healing, it's really up to you to do some more research in order to take your learning and your wisdom to a whole new level and obviously take some action based on what you learned. We've learned about a special Reiki meditation that you can use to bring that warmth into your hands so that you can heal yourself. In order to learn more, you can go to ShellyEasthope.com. You can contact and reach out to Shelly, ask her a few questions. And if you want to learn Reiki, then this is a very opportune moment. If you're on the island, Vancouver Island, or if you are in Vancouver, or if you want to fly down, whatever it is, shelleyasetop.com. Uh, you can reach out to her directly. So, Shelly, thank you so much for coming on our show, talking to us about the power of yusui Reiki and taking us one step closer to a human revolution.
1: Thank you so much, AJ. seven chakras go to my s-e-v-e-n chakras.com
0: download your free gift get inspired and take action transform your life today